memories. Hello. Is. We're both drinking whiskey and tea. Cheers. We're at Love Utopia. Tea. We are at Utopia. This is my Utopia. Is this? This isn't Utopia. This is a podcast. It's a perfect place. <laughs> I, I think it looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this incredibly low effort visual presentation is Utopia. Welcome to the Unpaid Nobodies, everybody. Please like and subscribe. We are on YouTube hello, now. Hello. We have to say that. It's try true. not to swear for the first like three minutes. Hit that follow button. That Hit that follow button. Ring that bell or go to hell. Uh, and now we're and demonetized. Demonetized. <laughs> Just like that. All Pouring right. out for the homies. Start over. <laughs> oh my god, we're not starting over. The train's going. Train's Absolutely going not. strong. Yeah. Hello, everyone. We're here for the biggest release of the sitting. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Loki, though, is this the biggest release of? Uh, no, Kendrick. But uh, yeah, of the year at least. This, this is year, definitely yeah. the biggest of the year. I, I was saying in the history of the podcast. But yeah, I think this is. I, I think this is bigger than Mr. Morale. It's, uh, no? no, I it's think competitive. Mr. I think Mr. Morale, like, definitely, I don't know, Kendrick Lamar, he has a Pulitzer, man. Like, it's a different... He does have a Pulitzer. Also, I did do research, and I know numbers don't mean everything, but Mr. Morale technically outsold it. Technically. Well, yeah, I mean... I don't think that matters. No, I know, but... Yeah, I don't think that matters, but... uh, Look, I'm not saying it's by a great margin. Maybe they're tied, but, like, personally, I just hold Kendrick to, like, the, the highest esteem. It's Kendrick Lamar. Um, speaking of which, I'll be seeing him tomorrow. And guess who will be joining me? Jasper. Huge, 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 huge. This is your third time. Jasper, is this your first, time, second? First. Oh, this is big for you. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And I haven't Prepare seen yourself. him in o- almost 10 years. It's been a decade since I saw Kendrick Lamar. Jesus. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm the most recent then. I oh, saw by him like far. Last year. By far. Yeah. I saw him December 2013. If it's anything like the tour that he was having, which I'm assuming will be for this album, um, prepare yeah. yourself. That's I'm, all I'm, I'm going to say. Just prepare yourself. I'm excited. <laughs> Look, if God got us, then we going to be all right. <laughs> Brandon, you don't even believe. <laughs> but I don't, okay. but I Kendrick, believe in that, I believe believe in that song. That. I believe yes. in that song. There you go. There you go. Narrator voice, but they were not all right. <laughs> they were not, no. I've never been. They were, in fact, than, not all right. I have never and will never be all right. <laughs> like, no, 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 absolutely not. But I will sing um, that song whenever I need to just get through the day. <laughs> like, look, that got us through, like, COVID in an almost civil rights movement. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Two of them. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> Literally two of them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, super excited for that. Lala's yeah. here. Um, more festival season. Yeah, we Congrats. Got Lala. This is gonna be fun. We got, we got <clears throat> we're only two weeks away from Acerap. We're only two weeks away from Acerap. We also have um did you buy the tickets for coming Riot up? Fest? Riot Fest? Yeah. We have Riot Fest coming up too. Jesus Christ. There's yeah, a lot going gonna on. Be a lot. Your first rock show. My first rock show. Yeah, I'm we're definitely we're I've definitely gonna be doing we're definitely gonna be doing the turnstile album deep dive because you'll be seeing them. Yes. I'm preparing myself. I'm having high expectations. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. shall we dive in? We're going to do this. Is going to be our biggest review possibly yeah. ever. This is absolutely going to be bigger structurally than the Mr. Morale for us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, we're just doing so a quick rundown of the news. We a don't speed really run. have much. 
No. Yeah, run through, um, the, run through the what's the album? There's a one album coming out this week. Yeah, there's one album that was playing. I believe it is coming out actually. Um, I've heard some rumors. No, it's one of those. But, yeah, Trippy Red is supposed to be dropping his um, I or a love letter to you five, the fifth one. This is amazing that it's been that long. It does not feel like he's been around that long, but um, I'm here for it. I listened to his ass album. I'll always give it at least one spin. Um, we also have a ton of singles coming out. We have the return again of Doja Cat coming out with Paint the Town Red. I'm excited to see yeah, that what good. she's going to be saying, especially after all the drama we've been talking about. Um, and the last single was one of the better singles of the year. So Yeah, no, it was really a, a highlight for singles of the year. Absolutely. So maybe a rollout. Um, yeah. We have Corday coming out with Make Up Your Mind. We have Little Yachty coming out with two new songs as well. The titles were not actually displayed. And then we have probably one of the bigger singles, I think. Uh, we have Usher featuring 21 Savage and Summer Walker coming out with Good Good. Yeah. Super great. excited for that. That's a great mixture. It's just some big names, and it's going to come together so well. <clears throat> and then we have your boy. We have Denzel Curry. Dude, is he is song. he doing a, is he going to drop something, you think? It, it feels like it, right? There's yeah. been a couple of songs out. Yeah, Blood so. on My Nikes and now this. Hell yeah, dude. I, You know me. I uh, fucking love Denzel Curry. I think he's better than most rappers. Um, that, that is true. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Jesus Christ. The lineup, you're going from Keller Mike <laughs> to this, to Denzel Curry possibly. Oh, and Betty the Butcher and West Side Gun and along, the, along the way. This is going to be a dangerous, dangerous fall for you. Not to mention, not to mention the 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 warm up lap of scaring the hose. I will never pronounce that album like normally. Like, <laughs> well, you have to say it like you're actually scaring them. But anyway, oh, speaking that, of that's... scaring the hose, Astro World. <laughs> Why would you say something so controversial yet so transition. brave? Yeah. Absolutely unallowed. I'm not. Travis Scott scares the hose a little. Like it's just a little bit. I understand. The riots might scare them. I, I get it. Yeah. Um but yeah, um Astorap is turning five years old. Astro World. Or Astro World, sorry. Not Jesus Christ. Astro World is turning five years old. And um what a perfect transition into yeah. potential album of the year. Um, yeah, five years later, year. yeah. So we have Utopia. Yeah. So uh, this is a drum we beat a lot here. We talk a lot about Travis Scott, but this week uh, we should uh, because <laughs> he dropped Utopia, and you know what? Like, damn, it's a lot. It's a big release. It is a huge release. Big release. And- satisfying release. A lot to chew on. Like, it's not a. I think like if there's a word I want to put on Utopia, or at least the experience of it, is satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty stressed. I was really worried that this was not gonna, <laughs> not necessarily a bad album, but like I oh, knew it needed I, I to be really good. I knew it was a coin flip on if it was gonna be like I knew there exactly. was it was very unlikely to be another Astro World in that it was very good, not great. Mm. I thought this was his make or break moment, and you <clears> know what? He didn't break. Damn. He didn't break. (laughs) I got to keep it real with you. He didn't break. So I think we've all talked our history with Travis Scott to death. So I think we should go around and we can start with Purvis. I'm just like. (laughs) 
I literally told you. I can also start with Jasper. Like either one, Jasper. You might have been a fan longer than me. Maybe. I don't know about longer, but I think I've gotten really very, very heavy exposure for like a long time. <laughs> um, because wait, oh. when? Because I, I be, I would say like I knew his stuff, but I became like a fan fan in like late 2017, early 2018. Okay. Um. Yeah. At least for me, my first official album that like I found Travis Scott and actually listened to was Birds in the Trap. Which was 2016. Yeah, that was so the first time like, actually neat. listening to it. Well, yeah, I was listening I mean, to Rodeo like when it was out, like when it came out. Like I was, I wasn't even li- really listening to music that much, which might have been why I bounced off an album I otherwise hold in like high regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I probably don't have as much of an emotional attachment to it. But no, I was there for Rodeo on like day one, like just because like I had heard 90210. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty one. cool." And then Antidote, <clears throat> and I loved Antidote. Uh, Absolute classic. Yeah, uh, and then the whole album came out. So I think I've actually been the one that's been around Travis Scott the longest. This is true. Yeah, and then you went away for a little bit. It's okay. not well, my yeah, fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. Rodeo came out when I was a senior in high school. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, like, I was. I was too busy struggling. Yeah, like I was already in college, and I went to college at a much older age. Like there you go. Sorry. So like I. <laughs> I was help. very much fully in when Rodeo hit. And I remember the moment it was having. Uh, but, like, once again, like, the music just didn't grab me. You know, mm-hmm. I was not very dialed into music at the time. I was very into, like, I was going into film school. So, like, everything I was listening to was, like, film-related podcasts. Like, I was, like, completely submerged for, like, four years. Like, there was, like, a big break. I didn't even get into Run the Jewels until, like, the run to Run the Jewels 3 because, like, and I knew Killer Sheesh. Mike. I had listened to rap music yeah. when it came out. But it was like I was so unplugged for a few years. Uh, but like I did listen to Rodeo because like I was in college and like it was like, oh, we need new music to get drunk to. And like <laughs> Let's play Antidote on repeat five times. <laughs> it's just like it'll get the job done. Yeah. God damn it. That was literally what we did. That was literally my first well, called it. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jasper, how was your first listen to Utopia? Well, well, or before actually getting to that, what, what were your fears? What did you want to hear? So, for me, it's tough. Like, on the one hand, I feel that I really, and we, we did kind of talk about this, but I really do like sonically what a lot of Astroworld brought to the table. So for me, I didn't necessarily feel like he needed to reinvent the wheel in order to have a project that I would, I personally would enjoy. Mm. For it to be critically successful and to continue to, you know, capture, you know, mainstream attention, obviously he's going to have to put something out that is, it walks that line, right? It's when you get, when you achieve that critical mass as an artist, like how do you, how do you continue to evolve and make your music interesting and, 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 you know, command people's attention in that way while also <laughs> maintaining that mainstream audience who's a little more disconnected from like the scene as it were yep. um so thing to balance yeah so for me i was i was fine either way i felt like i i really enjoyed the singles he put out in 2021 which were you know um mafia and then escape plan and i like that just that trajectory i was like if, if this is if it's more of this i'm cool like yep. it's good oh, great songs yeah and then it we got k-pop and i was 
I was intrigued. I don't necessarily really care for that song particularly. Like it's it's a jam, whatever, but it doesn't really hold up to a critical listen. Um, but I said like, hey, you know, this is probably like one kind of outlier in a project that's going to be a little more cohesive and because this doesn't sound like a signature Travis sound at all. And I think I was I was pretty damn right. Like looking at how the project came out, but it's one of I was songs. yeah, I was I was really looking forward to like. <clears throat> Just consistency and like really, not necessarily over the top, but just super polished production. Um, very kind of rhythmic and and smooth flow. But it's Travis Scott project. I'm not expecting it to be the most lyrically dense thing I've ever heard. And I think anybody who goes in looking for that is going to be disappointed inherently because mm. Travis isn't Kendrick. He's not even Kanye to that extent necessarily. So. Mm. It's just one of those things where it kind of comes with the territory. And I think that where the album hit was for me a little more on the experimental side when it comes to like the spectrum of what is my understanding of what he would be do- be doing. Mm. But in doing that, he did it in a way that kind of met my exactly met my expectations as far as like production and and uh, vocals or lyricism. Yeah, it's like mainstream experimental. Right. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Not I like, mean, it's like Jesus in that way to me. Yeah. It's not like completely, you know, throwing form to the wind and like really pushing. It's not on, unhinged. You yeah. know, it's not Death Crips. But I do, <laughs> I, but I do think Big it legitimate. <laughs> but like, I do think it legitimately does push on like what are Definitely. like the acceptable mm. mainstream sounds, right? And I also think to its success, I think where it's not pushing it, it's like subverting it. It's kind of like. It's kind of like doing it. it. It's kind of like doing like mainstream or classic hip hop sounds like in a Travis way. Hyena and Modern Jam, I think, are like yes, exactly yes. that. And Modern Jam's an old beat, but it's still him. So like, mm. I don't fucking fault him for that. But like, uh, but yeah, like it. I would say those maybe aren't super experimental, but they are great. And also like, I think, just like inverting like expectations like giving you what you wanted but giving it to you the way he will oh yeah you know Absolutely. yeah and i think he's one of the best at completing that and walking that fine line because he he's actually created such a specific sound for himself i think at this point he's the lead for that psychedelic hip-hop kind of sound oh, 100. yeah at least right now it it really i gotta see how the asap rocky album comes out like this is extremely this good is i will yeah. probably see that but like <clears throat> I guys like because he's really the progen progenerator of it. He was right? one of the first ones, yeah. I definitely prefer what Travis Scott has done with it. I'll I'll give you that much. Mm. Uh you know, Utopia's Save Kids See Ghost, probably my favorite album in that sphere. Uh but you know, I th- I don't want to discount ASAP Rocky when he has an album right around the corner. He so, said there's been rumors that it's supposed to release in August, so yeah. it, it will actually yeah. be right. Around there are rumors that it's also like targeted at Travis, you know. Yep. So it's I think that's already. Yep. Yeah, so I think that's interesting. <laughs> We're gonna have an actual like competitive album release for psychedelic hip hop, which yeah. I did not expect for this year. Yeah, that just that reminds me of um, there's like a let's argue segment from Fantano where somebody says. Travis Scott became what ASAP Rocky was supposed to be, and I was like, "Damn! Like that's <laughs> that's, that's accurate! Not, like shit! That's kind of accurate." Yeah. yeah, 
Like, well, that's like, like super accurate. Yeah. I also think like, yeah, I definitely think anyone who's honest would have to give ASAP Rocky their credit, the credit for like creating that sound. But yeah, I've, you know, I think Travis ran with it, you know, definitely way more. I've, I like, Ace, yeah. I have a lot of respect for ASAP Rocky, but like, and I'm not even the biggest person on Travis Scott, but I unilaterally prefer Travis Scott's projects to ASAP Rocky's. Uh, it, it's hard to like kind of go against that when you have this kind of project in front of you because he just, he, he did very well on this. I think. Yeah. He opinion. definitely pulled it off because like, I'm, I'm not Jasper, you know, I, <laughs> I, I liked rodeo. I liked rodeo a lot and I, I've grown to love it actually with age. Right. <clears throat> Birds. I've always think is like a kind of a, a letdown as an album. I think there's some really great songs on that. Like I think mm. some of his best songs might be on birds, but I think as an album experience, it is far and away the weakest he's put out like of his big albums. I agree. And then Astro world, I think is like good, not great. Like, I think like I, I really enjoyed it at the time. Purpose was there. We've listened to it a lot together, uh, sure. but I think there's a lot of fluff on it. There's a lot of stuff that like, isn't compelling even on like a surface level, Sonic level to me. And like, while I think, like, the bones are good and, like, the major beats in the album really work, I think it's very good and not great. And, like, I also think it's very creatively derivative of Rodeo. And it's, like, you know, just, like, you know, just taking that sound he created and then, like, pushing it to, like, the max. There really wasn't a change. It was just doing it on a different scale. You know, it's like when you see, like, a sequel to an action movie and it's just, like, now it's two cars. You know, it's, like... You're not, it's still the same thing again, right? The latest Mission Impossible. Yeah. You shut your fucking whore mouth about Mission Impossible. Those are great. great. <laughs> but but Fast and Furious, fantastic. But okay. I, I would say more accurate. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got to ask, like, what what about Astroworld did you find um, fluff, to be, uh, like, fluffy? The fact that I could not... Re- I've listened to Asheroll maybe 20 times, and I couldn't name the back half of the album, besides maybe Coffee Bean. You can't name Astro Thunder? No. Oh. Like, no, sad and, like, boy, I, sad think, boys. I think you just have to understand that, like, other people... Because, like, once again, like, I come to this... Like, I definitely am I know, the I know, kind yeah. of person who can appreciate, like, a soundscape and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is hip-hop. Yeah. And, like, while, yeah, there is a certain amount of, like, you know, I, I didn't come into this expecting Michael. And like, spoiler alert, I think like rap wise, like vocally, I think he absolutely stepped his game up on this album. So like, yeah. I was even satisfied in that regard to keep it real. But I feel like, yeah, you can say to a certain extent, like, oh, it's Travis Scott, you don't care. But it's like, but that's a historical part of the genre that he's playing in, right? Like, I think like it's kind of tone deaf to like not to like gatekeep that kind of criticism away from it, you know, to kind of be like, well, like they just kind of shut down a discussion about his lyricism. You know what I mean? Sure. It's yeah. like, look, if it was rock music, there's, or, or like, uh, electronica, like, yeah, th- there's, there isn't like a super important legacy of lyricism in those genres. Right. But there is yeah. hip hop. So like, and I, I don't think that can be ignored. Well, spoiler alert. I think like, it's totally copacetic on this album. I really don't have many complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, that's just why, like, I, I, but I don't think he's there on Astro World. You know, I think, like, 
it's good, not great. I don't think he's using his voice as a producer well, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? And the other thing is that I think in Astro World, I think Travis Scott gets lost a lot. You know, I think it's a very feature heavy project. And I think Travis Scott, like, gets lost in it a little bit. And I think that's, you know, kind of a problem. That's the difference between. Mm-hmm. Like a Kanye West and a, D, a DJ Khaled to be to play with extremes. Like, I, I think uh, those things are connected too. However, once again, to just bring it back to Utopia, I think that's a thing he did much better on Utopia. I think like he used the features to put himself in the spotlight, even uh, even though there are definitely tracks on here where the feature shines brighter than him. That's going to be the case all the time. Right. So I once again, like I, I think there are all these points of weakness for me personally, but I think a lot of them are rectified on this album. For me, for like once again. Yeah, I was actually gonna say I think that's a great point that you're bringing up because just in general, a big part of hip hop is the lyrics, obviously, and like someone can get lost when your specialty is the production part. If yeah. you don't have a lot to say, the message is not gonna come through yeah. as well. And so I think Travis plays. What he does very well is actually telling a story without the words and actually creating like that vibe or like that theme that we talk about with like Don Tolliver, where it's like, okay, you're good at creating a theme. Yeah, it's an aesthetic. Right, it's an aesthetic. And what might stand out a lot, I think what is different between Astral World and the rest of all all of its projects just in general, is that it's supposed to be more light-hearted and it's supposed to be more colorful and like playful in general. Rather it be the actual the concept app that comes with it or the actual themes that come up in the music. Whereas Utopia is back to a very dark style, I think in terms of a lot of things that he's mentioning, he even said before the project came out, it reminded him a lot of rodeo. And so coming into the project, I was thinking of that old style of um, Travis Scott, where he's producing almost all of it. And it's a very dark tone. And like a lot of the messages that are coming through the actual album are focused it, it this isn't a very light album in general. It, it's not necessarily like depressing and like this overly deep message. But it's not. Yeah, it's not the back half of Mr. Morale. No, but there is not. a certain darkness a level to of, it that isn't on exactly. Astro World. Yeah, I'll give you. And that. he even mentions that multiple yeah. times throughout, like his advertisement throughout the movie that yeah. we saw. It's meant to portray like the utopia that you're thinking about. It's not heaven. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's like heaven. Like, no, it, it's a utopia is a very specific place for everybody. And it's not always going to be a pitter picture. And I think he actually portrays that pretty well in the album. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I, th- I definitely think the album has a lot, of, has substance and it has ideas that it plays with. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's like it dives deep into those ideas, like a la a Michael, you know, like the yeah, way yeah, Michael yeah. dived into like ideas around faith and like, his feelings on certain issues, but mm-hmm. I do I do, would not describe this as a substanceless or even like particularly light on substance album. Mm-hmm. I think it really does deal with like coming to terms with the subjective nature of utopia, which I really think is just an extended metaphor for happiness. Yeah, and like you know, yeah. and then also like kind of the there is like a weird existential thing because it's something I'm experiencing in my own life, and like he kind of touches on it in the last track. I think it's phenomenal. I think a lot of the conceptual touches throughout this are really some of the things I, I really like more than anything else this year. Uh, 
when you achieve happiness, there's often this feeling of like, what do I do now? Like, cause your life's not over. Like even, even when you accept, even when you arrive at that place where you can accept, you know, utopia or your own inner peace, there's mm-hmm. still an existential dread of like, what's next, you know? Like I remember when I was at the point where I was living on my own and I didn't really have to worry about money. I kind of went through that where there was like almost like a dread around the fact that like I was finally happy and there was nothing like any, it felt like there was no longer an excuse for me not to feel happy. You know what I meant? Like there was no longer something I could pin it on. Like it was all all to me now. I think the last track dives into that idea. You know, like it doesn't get super deep to a core of it. It's not like a philosophical think piece, but I think it gravitates around that idea enough to be affecting. And Mm -hmm. uh, while also just painting like this gorgeous soundscape. And to me, frankly, that's enough. Like, I, with the level of, I, I think this is probably my favorite Travis Scott project because, like, I think, like, it kind of just delivers on everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, like, his bars or whatever, I think they're just, like, kind of very subpar in his last two projects. I don't think that's the case here. I think, like, yeah, it's not what you're here for. It's not to be expected. Like, I think at this point, like, if you come into Utopia and you're like, oh, this isn't to pimp a butterfly i think you're missing the point mm-hmm. but i think this is like the first album where that's the case right and i also once again and i just want to take my w on this because it's a long time coming i always said like there was something about utopia where i just did not want to chalk it up to be like another one of travis's classic i always felt like there was more there i always felt like he there was a second like he, i needed to see what he was going to do next oh you mean national world yeah, Asher World. That's okay. What, yeah, okay. I would always yeah. and purpose is my witness. I always said it's like, I always resisted <laughs> the idea that Asher World was a classic just because it's like it's too similar and like we have to see what he can do next. If if this is all he can do and he pewters out, maybe we could talk about Asher World being a classic. Mm-hmm. But obviously, not. absolutely. But if he's a real legit shit artist. He's really gonna keep pushing himself, and that's where he is right. And now like. That conversation where like Utopia is a is Utopia a classic? I think like I think a lot of people are going to change their tune on that one. To be frank, around Utopia, I, I think it, it's tough for me personally, at yeah. least for me personally, because I, I do like Asher World a lot. But I'm not going to lie. While I was listening to this album, I did think about a lot of our conversations that we've had about Travis Scott, and a lot of them are centered around what you're just talking about. If, if Ashwell is actually a classic, we used to argue about like the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. Like all this kept circling back in my mind, and like the fact that we've had all those conversations and actually seeing like what he can produce and what he did put out, it was it was nice. I'm not gonna lie, it was actually nice to like see that he's succeeding my expectations. It was the yeah. first album in a very long time. Besides the Forever Story, yeah. like I, I went back and checked at least of this decade from 2020 and further, it's this album, Mr. Morale, The Forever Story, and personally, Heaven or Hell for me, even though I know that doesn't apply for everyone. Those are albums that like really, really are standing out to me right now. Yeah, and I love the idea of like actually seeing it come into fruition. It, it's like actually here, and it actually satisfies, and it actually a lot of people are discussing it in depth. Yeah, like no. I, yeah, no, I think a lot of people, you know, I definitely think that there's a impulse where people are a lot more open to critic 
like when people are like, yeah, this is good. Let's explain like everything. You know, I think people are more all open to critical conversations about things. You know, and I think like, you know, you look at the movies that are coming out recently, Barbie and Oppenheimer, like a lot of conversation around those movies because they're good. And like, you know, people can have like respectful, you know, critical conversations because like, you know, I think social media can distort people's perception of things, you know, because like if you're constantly looking at Travis Scott content, you're just going to be served more or Travis Scott fan content. You're just going to mm-hmm. be served more and more concentrated versions of that. And then you think like, oh, like everyone is, you know, this massive fan. When in reality, I think most people are like, yeah, he's cool. And like, there's this really hardcore fan base. And now everyone's just kind of like at an even kilt. Because like everyone, at least as my I perceive it, it seems like everyone is like, yeah, Utopia is good. That, I've seen that was very point. little, very little pushback on this album. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like critically we've seen a good number of people who are kind of panning it. Not necessarily as like, oh, it's a really bad album, but just like, it doesn't hold up. And I mean, I sent you both. We don't have to get into this because, you know, Bad Reviewer is going to bad review, but Pitchfork, their whole thing. And then even even the whole Fantano score, it's like, are we really going to go down the same rabbit hole? That we know. did for for or uh, for um for Astroworld with him, where it's like, oh yeah, it's like a strong seven, and it's like, I don't know, I just I think it's such a different project. I think it's very difficult to just like look at everything that's come out and be like, yeah, this is the same score as the last one. You know, it's I just mean, like it doesn't. No, sit that's right complete me. bullshit though, because like just because like they're different projects doesn't mean they're not like quality. Do you think well, it's required? That, but that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that like I I think that there that there's a greater quality. I mean, I, to Utopia. I agree. I I would agree. Like I would not give Utopia a strong seven if I use Fantano scale either. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's very cuck shit to get mad about like a reviewer's opinion because like one we're reviewers we're out here putting our opinions on the internet. Sure. And the other thing is like I feel like it's even more cuck shit to be like when it's a seven out of 10, it's like, that's a high score. Like that's, you know, like what I'm, what I'm saying is that it seems like there's a disconnect between what people who are consuming it are saying about it as listeners and people who are strictly just reviewing it. And that I find that happens a lot in movies too, but it seems like in music that tends to happen a little bit less, at least in my experience, but this is just like, it, it seems like there's just a bit of a divide there, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that I think that that's kind of Fantano's like kind of bridging the gap. But then you've got other publications who are just like giving it lower scores, and I'm, I'm curious as to why that might be relative to like how people are consuming it, and enjoying it. Have you considered that there's just people who think differently than you? Mm. Yeah, sure. I mean, I that's... mean, like it, but like it's Occam's Razor, right? Like that's almost certainly what it is, right? And is that really something you need to? Like it seems weird yeah, to get upset but, about but, that. I'm... All right. I mean, I guess the the way I'm looking at it is more so like when I said at the beginning that I went into this project not expecting it to be the most lyrically competitive thing in general because it's a Travis project and he's not Kendrick and he's not you know these other yeah. artists who are yeah, well known for that. Yeah, pull a surprise. Yeah, I get that. And that's the thing. It's just like I think that there there are expectations around a project like this from 
pretty much anybody that are all different. And I think that that's what we're seeing. We're seeing just like different expectations being played out as the album is being interpreted. Um, I don't necessarily think it's necessarily just like a different thought process, but just people expect different things. I, think, out of the product I, I, as I well. just think it's a different opinion, you know? Sure. And it's like, you know, I, and like we get caught up on this. My, I'm guilty of this as much as anyone else, but like these are ultimately just opinions, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and I think we should try not to be so reactionary about when we just hear one that we disagree with, you know? And like, listen, like I would not give this a strong seven either. I think this is easily a light nine, but like, on his scale, at least. Yeah, on his scale. And that's the thing. Like, I kind of like it because our scale does not graft 100% onto a uh, Fantano scale. Because, like, personally, like, there's a whole element of, like, I was, I thought it was a coin flip on this if this was going to be, like, a masterpiece or an embarrassment. And, like, frankly, I think Travis Scott is overrated. And I think after this album, less so. But, like, still a little bit. <laughs> And mm. like so, uh, a conversation I've seen through a lot of like creators and influencers, like I listen to, where I like try to get like my finger on the balls of like what people who like think about these things but aren't paid by publications to think about these things say. And like, there's definitely an, a, a feeling that I've heard where it's like, yeah, like this album's great, but like everyone's talking about Travis Scott. It's like there's. It, it doesn't matter how great it is, how big he is. There's always like more to the genre. And I think some people resent him for holding so much space. And I still think that's kind of shitty. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I am empathetic to it. I don't know. It's tough. I, I'm, I see both sides. It's just, I think at least in terms of, people like us as reviewers or content creators or whatever you want to call us. It's just the thing that's in the moment right now. Yeah. I think it's okay to allow it to have its moment. So I just feel like all the different opinions that are coming into place, I think it, it's something that's good. The The fact that an album came out with this level of quality that it is actually yeah. accepting both positive and negative feedback. Yeah. No, actually there's... more of a, positive thing than anything i agree i agree i definitely think it just, this album is a very positive moment for like right you know totally and i think this is a great positive moment for travis scott i think he really delivered on what he needed to or at least yeah. like as i perceive it like if if i was gonna say like oh what's the project travis scott needs to do the one i would describe would be very close to utopia you know yeah it's true and it, and it worked out for him because if anything the, the reason I like the conversation so much is because it actually did allow me to go back and judge the other albums <laughs> in a different light. Because now I know what he's capable of, and now I know what a prime Travis Scott, in a sense, would kind of look like. Because I did go back. Birds in the Trap is my favorite album by him because it's how I discovered him. But I now know it's a very safe album that was released. Yeah. It, it does contain some of the greatest hits, but he didn't really expand outwards and things like that. And I feel like in this album he actually pushed all of his limits that he could. Um, and so that that's exactly what I'm here for. That That's what I'm happy about in the yeah. most part. And so I think he actually did have a story to portray and it is centered around happiness. It is centered around building your own area. I think like, and what I got out of it personally, and also what actually helped a lot in like creating this theory for me was the movie. I feel like Travis Scott, at least for himself and what he's trying to portray, 
is that he is kind of like just like a placeholder. And what he's always wanted to do in his music in the past that he shared before is that he wants to serve as a person that welcomes people to open up and express themselves in a certain light and just have an outlet that some people may not be allowed to do that in a sense. And I feel like that's kind of built off of people like Kid Cudi. It's one of his, like, yeah. it's one of his influencers. It's, it's people that, it's, it's the reason he got into music. And everyone's like, Kid Cudi saved my life. And I feel like Travis Scott also wants to be that person where it's like a lot of kids that are going through something that cannot express it that way. Here's an entire album that's focused on happiness and how to deal with it and how to approach it. And I feel like there were certain parts, even in the movie, the whole scene of like people building up on top of each other. He's trying to be like the center of the pyramid. So I also want to get out. It's little imagery like that. It's like, okay, I get the album now. I I understand what he's trying to do. And I think that's such an important thing to kind of take away from now for me personally that that's that was my main takeaway it was like i now understand you got to think about it. this man kind of went through hell and back and i understand he is at fault for some of the things that happened at astroworld but yeah. you got to think about his mentality he actually did go through a lot of really yeah no he went through you had to do it wasn't yeah. although like on one hand though if travis scott just disappeared for five years and like mm-hmm. there wasn't a tragedy he was culpable for and a global pandemic, right? And this album just came out. I feel like I wouldn't be upset, though. I feel like you can hear all five years in this album. I feel like, mm. yeah, like I, um, that that is one thing that I do think is kind of interesting because, and I do think some of the position, there's one song that despite some things I really love about it, uh, they kind of rub me the wrong way. Because it is kind of like, it just kind of ignores everything that happened in Astral World. And it's like, yeah, there's the track where it's like, oh, can you seek your own, for you forgive yourself? And it's like, no, dude, there are broken families you need forgiveness from first. Like, you, you know, so like there's some like element of, it doesn't feel super like a response to what happened at Astral World. But like, I think it's a valid question to be like, does it have to be? Uh, yeah, I do think he tried avoiding it, which I, I understand. Yeah, I I understand, uh, and I think that's really going to come down to the tour. Like, in terms uh, of what do you mean? I think like Asher World was a festival. Mm. Like, it's going to be like what happens on the tour. Like, does this happen again when he tours this album? Is there going to be a similar but smaller event? Right? Like, is like I think that's when the scrutiny is really going to be on him. Right? I see. Um, and like if it happens again, I think there's no album that can save him. If there's another cool. event where people die at his concert, like there's just no. I don't think anyone can or necessarily even should rebound from that. Uh, yeah, I would imagine most of his concerts going forward will be similar to Summer Smash. They was, will stop it probably five yeah, times if necessary. Yeah, I agree. Which is that, that's yeah. obviously the responsible thing to do. So, what were some highlights for everyone here? Mm. Playboy Cardi. <laughs> Playboy Cardi, really? I like that song. That song's a highlight for me. Fiend was phenomenal. Fiend's I, I phenomenal. The beat's Fiend, fantastic. Yeah. I actually like. I like Playboy Cardi's addition to that. Mm-hmm. It just, I needed a third verse. Such a short song. From Travis? Well, I love Travis's first verse, so I would not be mad at that. But when we saw the movie, 
and mm-hmm. there was the Shaq West version. I was, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. that's that's good. I like that one. Like it, no, like I just like the beat, and I think the beat is like a really it's a, it's a quality beat, like because it sounds interesting with the different kinds of flows over it, right? Like Travis comes out and it has a very different dynamic than when Playboy Cardi does, but it sounds fantastic. Fiend's a highlight for the album, 100 percent for me. I just feel like there, I needed that third, third verse. <laughs> first, just I would, have, the, uh... would have happily taken a second one from Travis because I think that first verse from Travis is very good, but also abysmally short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I don't, I don't mind Playboy Cardi's uh, like verse. I just don't think it's very satisfying. Mm. Uh, and I think like when I heard it in the movie, and I heard like, oh, it's like the middle, and then there's the Sheck West verse. Then it works, I think, completely. I think it's no compromised, fantastic. I hope but he has eventually. I he has to, dude. Like the song like I don't know, after hearing it, like in the movie, like I'm not gonna go back and say the song's not great. Like it fucking is. But like I really need that third verse, man. Like <laughs> I get that. Um I'm trying to think what else like really stood out to me. Um, actually, the first listen, I didn't like my eyes at first because like the the entire the, like slow and the like, entire like first run. You know, I describe it as like my brain liking it more than my heart. Right? Like I thought they were interesting. I thought they were cool. I was like, I asked for different from Astro World, and I got it. Yeah, uh, I but those songs have grown on me a lot. I still think. That sequence is probably my least favorite sequence in the album, but those I I do like those songs like My Eyes, God's Country, Modern Jam's a classic. Modern Jam is one of the best songs on the album. Uh, but Thank God, In My Eyes, God's Country, those ones I think they're kind of my least favorite sequence. Even though like they're still very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of tough. I I didn't like the ending of the album the most personally. Really, I will say. First half, I wasn't expecting because I remember saying the first six songs has like one noted feature, even though it does have Sampha and it's not there. And it really threw me off where it was like Travis is like fully on his own trying to like release his album. And when it first came out, we didn't know what features were on it, what song. So I honestly thought the whole album was just going to be Travis, which was going to blow my mind because I did not that know that was, was never going to happen. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how he's going to get through 19 songs by himself. When and I, then when all I, the yeah, no, I, I knew that was never, ever going to happen. Especially, like, having heard Drake and Kid Cudi talk about Utopia, like, at their concerts. I knew that was not going to be a thing. I did not expect the breadth of features <laughs> that we got. You get your West Side Gun. Dude, I knew he was going to be in it, and I was waiting for you to get to dude, it. Dude, I, I did not. There was only one feature that was spoiled for me, besides the K-pop ones, and that was Beyonce. Oh yeah. yeah, technically it came out as a single when I first looked at. Spotify. Yeah, it came out as a single before, like at the same time. Uh, crazy, crazy. Yeah, kind of a. I gotta say, like, and look, I will stand by this. I firmly believe this. This will not matter in two months. But I think the rollout for this has been kind of shoddy. Kind of fell apart. Like, it was a pretty weak rollout. Yeah, opinion. like not great single choices. Uh. The Gaza thing got canceled. The movie is awful. <laughs> Not awful. Dude, the production company disavowed it. Too Dude, hard. No, the production company disavowed it. I. The more I think about that movie, the more mad I get. 
that was some that was some no that movie was pathetic and like any i think the first couple sequences like are cool but like it's clear like their whole thing was they were going to have like all these visionary directors come in and do like their different takes on different songs throughout the album and that was going to be the movie right and then that just didn't work so they shot the back ends to fill it out i think that's just a stretch why why is that the conclusion that you're coming to i uh, understand because the production company a24 has disavowed it despite it being on their tax record travis scott didn't want to sign it for release they did not credit a director with that back half it's very obvious like that's this is i think I any i think any thing any conclusion otherwise i think is kind of cuckery like that's ridiculous you can't say that yes i can not like the second half that's fine but people can like the first half and other no parts. i think the first i mean i think the first half is fine like first off it's, it's not the first half it's like the first quarter and i think the first quarter is fine but like when they run out of like stuff like and they just move to the concert footage which they clearly didn't plan for because they did multiple songs, which was the most boring shit I have ever seen in a movie theater. Dude, I have seen HR like films in movie theaters from when I worked there that were more entertaining than the back half of that thing. It was pathetic, dude. I'm sorry. It's okay not liking the second half. No, it's half. pathetic. I didn't like the second half as much, but that wasn't like the whole movie. There was still a whole concept to the beginning of the movie that it was actually cool. Yeah, but it completely falls All apart though. Stayed afterwards to even see what director did it. Yeah, because like, I liked a fifteen. Because I liked a five. Because I thought there was a five-minute sequence I really liked, but it was an hour and fifteen-long movie. I paid thirty dollars for. I would be mad if that shit was on YouTube. Like, I made. I think that shit was unacceptable. Okay, I understand not wanting to pay money for it, but like, wait, I, you, I think that's a huge stuff. concession. I think that's a massive concession because that's the whole thing, right? Why else put it in theaters if it's not something worth selling tickets for? Why not just, just put it on YouTube for his tour? Huh? It was a promotional act for his tour. Wouldn't it be more effective as that at YouTube, where anyone could get it, and not people who live next to the eight thousand AMC theaters where it released at? I'm sure it will be released. And also, how do you... The production company disavowed it. Like, they're... This is, like, a historic failure as, like, a film production. All right. Well, I guess so. I'm not like, in film, so I can't really speak towards it, but yeah. it was not that bad. <laughs> no, dude. That back half was, like, the laziest fucking thing I've ever seen. The most, like, I gotta throw shit on paper and turn in my homework. Like... This shit doesn't matter because I think the album's great, but that movie was like the worst visuals I've ever seen for a music project. I've seen people with a $10,000 budget for a YouTube video do much better work. This is Travis fucking Scott. I think like that is unacceptable. I do understand it's Travis Scott. He normally has amazing music videos, but it's the first time I'm seeing it in a movie concept. I think it's, Again, it's it's all opinionated. You could have your own opinion, but I, I just don't think it's awful. You don't need to like <laughs> give it an F or anything. I would give it. A, I think our break, our rating system breaks down when I think about how much I dislike Circus Maximus, because I literally think it would have been better if they burnt it and like didn't release it. So like, it made the album worse for you. No, it didn't make the album worse. I just think like it would have been better to like have not released it. 
Because like, here's the thing. I'm just going to be able to eject that from my consciousness and just listen to the album. And the album stands on its own, so I don't need that. So it's very easy to eject. The only thing I'm mad about is that I spent fucking $30 on it. Right? And like... Fine. <laughs> You know, I, spent, I don't know. For me, it helped paint a picture, especially the first half. I I agree. The second half, and the like, first third. <laughs> okay. It, let's keep it real. Like it was I, a third of the footage. It like, like it's an hour fifteen movie. It's not like we counted down how long it took. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like, I get that. Like, I went to film school, and like, I see a lot of movies, but like, I've seen shit recorded in apartments that like were more compelling than this. I really thought this was a massive failure. I guess so. Ugh, I'm sorry know. to take the air out of the room. <laughs> like, but So Jasper, what, what was the highlight for you? Of the movie? Yeah, let's go through the movie right now, seeing as we're on it, Whatever. and then we can move back Everything. to the album. I, I like the octopus at the beginning. That was weird, but I'll accept that. Also, that the modern a... jam sequence was incredible. I really hope they release that. Like, I did. I'll I'll say this. I thought that that five minute segment was phenomenal. Like one of the it best was. like music video visuals I've ever seen. And the the first Beyonce one was good too, but it didn't blow me away like the modern jam one. Modern jam was nice. There were a lot of. I thought there were a lot of like kind of callbacks to influences on the track i mean just the lighting alone I, I mentioned it when we were leaving the theater the lighting across the entire scene is reminiscent of Guy manuel's helmet from the daft club era which is like you know like uh myth in in the like electronic music space yeah. just because like how iconic that look is yeah. and it kind of parallels that's like they're inside his helmet or something yeah, yeah i also I liked some of the details. I mentioned it yesterday. I think it was when what song was it? Was it Sirens where they're driving the car around? No, it was the taxi. Echo. It was Echoes. It was was it, was it? The Beyonce one? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. They, didn't use, they used the Beyonce vocal in the when they in the, the second one. Yeah, yeah. The second part. So yeah, the when he's being driven around in the taxi, the driver has the mask on and i thought it was a really cool detail that there's a very brief cut of travis also wearing a mask like the driver but it's actually shaped like the head of the rodeo doll from the 90210 video which is like ridiculous like attention to detail like you didn't have to do that but i think it's cool that they did it's a small details the fans are going to appreciate yeah I, I enjoyed that that was like big big fan service moment but hell yeah other than that yeah i mean I thought that the opener was okay, along with... Um, I was willing to give it the opener. Like, I was willing to give it the opener of just being, like, the slow, like, like uh, Vista footage. Like, I was willing to give it that. Uh, it was when it moved into the concert footage where I lost. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just going trying to go through and, like, think about those particular, like, little music videos as they were, and, like... Mm -hmm. I thought that most of them were like pretty good and just like some of them weren't as exciting for me. Obviously modern gem stands out, but yeah, concert footage, his outfit w went hard. Um, I think that there were some, it was cool to kind of see him and the, the people who were featured on tracks kind of co-play in a space in, in, in certain contexts. Like the fact that there's like little 
things or mannerisms that you pick up on in these artists that where they're like on camera just idly in some way, which was kind of cool. Like young lean going over and taking a seat and then standing back up and you're like looking at him like waiting for his cue and stuff. I thought seeing that kind of like behind the scenes thing was a little bit cool. Just like how that might play out in that setting. But that's to say nothing of, you know, technically or artistically how the that part of the film actually played out, which we already kind of covered. So mm. I, I think that, that was that was kind of fun. He he like I said before, he looks like a fucking Borderlands character with the, yeah, the glasses and the shoulder piece and everything. It's 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 a look. I love that outfit. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the outfit was cool. What do you think about the album? What was some highlights for you? Yeah. Because I'm not gonna lie, I've been waiting to ask you about the Kid Cudi feature because it was yeah. very short and I'm very sure. I've also have heard wild things about it. So yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on the Kid Cudi feature. I mean, I don't know. It's not his best, but yeah, it's, it's also, not his best, but it's also not bad. Like it's far from yeah, a bad. Feature. It's not. It's not bad to have. It feels. It feels rushed because it's at the very tail end of yeah, love. It's also short. It's short, and then the way it ends, it bumps right up against the end of the track. Like the yeah. second the instrumentation stops, is when his voice also stops. And then, and then you go into fucking K-pop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and that does not help. Look, no. I. I don't think there's many bad. I don't think there's any bad song. Like even K-pop, which I think is clearly the worst song in the album. Like I don't mm-hmm. even think that's a bad song. Like at, at the end of the day, I, 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 I think it's the worst song on the album. But I don't think it's a bad song. Like I don't think there's yeah. any bad songs on the album. Yeah. That being said, I think Love might be like one of the ones I like the least. Well, not a bad song, and I don't think that's a bad Kid Cudi feature by at all. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Plus, like I just think like the song as a whole is like. Yeah, I think the chorus, the chorus is kind of weak. Yeah, like it's just like it's weaker than the rest of the stuff on Utopia. Um, So I got to ask them. I'm I'm so two minds about Paracel. Because like I think the production on Paracel is fucking extravagant. I think it's fantastic. No, I think it's really some youngling's voice is a is a little too modulated, but that's about it. Deep fried. Yeah, it's Deep. a little it's a little too much, but And uh, obliga- obligatory fuck Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and I also like and the Dave Chappelle <laughs> the Dave Chappelle thing like annoyed me much more than the Killer Mike when Killer Mike did it. Yeah. And one, Killer Mike is actually friends with Dave Chappelle. I don't know if that's the case with Travis Scott. I would uh, have met. Yeah, but like I Killer Mike oh. and Dave Chappelle have been friends for twenty years. Like I that's a there there's a difference. Different. There. Yeah, different there's story. a difference there. And the other thing is that like once again, like, I'm willing to give Travis the grace to be like, okay, we can let this be about self forgiveness because you're you're doing an arc on the album, and I see mm-hmm. how this plays in the arc. And okay, like, I'll I'll give you that because I think creatively, I think you've earned it. But Dave Chappelle saying it, like, <laughs> no, Dave Chappelle does not need to worry about forgiving himself. He needs to worry about making forgiveness with other people in the world and the fact that he doesn't get that it just makes me hate him even more and makes me regret all the years he was my favorite comedian like yeah i mean i was thinking about this i was like not to not to be like really very judgmental or anything but like i'm so curious if not personally what in dave Chappelle's professional life even has warrants this level of like oh he he helped drama 
to be fair, he helped he helped blow up Kanye. He has like legitimate like hip hop. No, I know, but but like but what I'm saying is like the the level of melodrama that his narration oh, takes I see what on. You mean. No, it's yeah, like so right it's that. like so over the top. And it's like what in I your agree. career has been this intense to be like I have to forgive myself and like all this other shit, yeah. right? It's like he doesn't take anything that he's done or said in the last like three years that seriously so why would he take this seriously right it doesn't make sense it's it feels like a disconnect mm, i feel i've 100 agree with you jasper i don't know i just i really wish that just weren't there and it starts with travis's like deep vocals with like riding parasol because that shit hits <laughs> yeah no i do like the song for the like completely besides that like yeah i think it's a i think it's an interlude but i think that's a weird it I think that's a I think there's a weird fucking criticism. Like do interludes have to be fucking like notarized? No. Like it's it's okay if it's just a shorter song. I mm. get that it's like annoying when like something is like an interlude in like three and a half, four minutes. I get that. This is not that long. Fuck off. Like I think I think this as an interlude I like aesthetically more or I guess musically more than SDP interlude from Birds. Yeah. But I think in Birds <laughs> it it does more of a it does a better job of really controlling the flow and the pacing of the album even though i don't necessarily agree with what it the way it paces itself after that it's like you can tell this is where it breaks down it's like this is it's everything is very slow from here on out and i think this it doesn't necessarily really do that it just kind of like is a slow spot among circus maximus which is jammin and then schizo which is also jam at least for the first it's very, half it's very yeah i think schizo is too long but it is very high energy and it does start super strong yeah i think if i know and parasail were flipped it would be more impactful in that way because it's like mm, that's that, a good call that's a good that, no, that's a good call because like because topia twins comes in with like so much energy it's yeah. just like you've got to have like a low before you get to that high you know the thing is my personal issue with parasail is the fact that the message behind Parasol is very specific to, like you mentioned, Brandon, to part of like a whole storyline and an arc. I think out of all the songs, the most important one that you would have as Travis Scott is something actually addressing Astroworld and how you personally feel about which it. Which he did not on this. Right. No. But this the closest not... thing he did was Parasol, which was him, quote unquote, supposedly forgiving himself to move on to making utopia. And I think the concept of having a song very specific towards the recovery process after that should not have been wasted on Parasol. Not to oh, say that's a good thing. point. Yeah. No, I got but you. That's a very good point. That's a super valid point. <laughs> no, also, yeah, you got me. That's a good point. Another thing with that, I, I figured we actually didn't mention it. I'm surprised. Um, the opening half of our opening third of Circus Maximus has those little interview bits with Rick Rubin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And during that, he says, I heard there was a tragedy. And Travis Scott says to him, I'm not here to talk about that. Very interesting choice. Yeah. I yeah. And it's like, I was, but, yeah, I, but, but, but the music does, <laughs> it, it does the thing. <laughs> Talk Please. about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you express yourself. Yeah. It's weird. It's like it's, it's like, it's this, like <sighs> this format that you're setting up seems awfully specifically that good to do the exact thing 
that you're just yeah. not going to do. He didn't do it. <laughs> I think I think he wanted to do it in outside of the context of the event itself and like forgiveness for other things too maybe i don't know but like i know he's had some like personal shit going on whatever but like maybe it's just so that it's more relevant to a fan base or to people who are listening to it where it's like not about me 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 but about like we 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 kind of thing i don't know i don't know just an idea i mean i i could see it it is a good idea no, but i, I, just, I agree with both of you on this one yeah yeah, it, it's tough for him. Oh, obviously, it's going to be tough from considering the tragedy. But like I've even noticed, he just had that interview for the five year for Astroworld. He did not mention anything, and about that's it. fucked up because like the tragedy in the album share a name. Right. Yeah. So it's even stuff like that where it's like, okay, you had the opportunity to talk about Astroworld again, and I it's... understand you're not that <laughs> deep of a person, but you took the opportunity to talk about Lala at Chicago and how every single album going forward you want to do it live for the first time it's just like okay yeah but like talk about it <laughs> so yeah, i no, agree that's valid, dude. i agree with I, you. I, I agree but i also part of me wants to be like well technically right because it's like yeah it's an album but it's also the name of like a theme park and for him to emulate the theme park i don't know it's like he's very clearly defining what is like the music experience versus like the whole festival theme park whatever experience you can't name, I, no you can't name those things the same name and not get mad and get mad at people when they blur together no i'm not saying that anybody's getting mad about it but i'm just saying like it for him the way he's talking about it it's like i can tell he's going that route with it where it's like he wants to talk about the music itself and not like and i, I kind of get that it's like you know it's just it's about the art as opposed to the all the baggage that comes with it in any context you know because that's the, that's you know, a thing you yeah. know i would i would totally I totally buy that when we when it's like the baggage, even like when it was like pre Nazi Kanye. Yeah, well, like that's like my other baggage. example. But I'm like, yeah. no, dude, Asher World is body count. Like there are there are broken families now because of your festival. Like you don't have that option. Like I'm I I think that there's kind of like a line in the sand there. You know, like the second Fair, like yeah. people start dying. You know. Oh, we're all on the same page. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I, just, I agree with I that. It's I just, just like... don't think. Yeah, I just don't. I get that that's what he's trying to do, but I think in should a just he, he should not be trying to do that. He should not be doing that, and people should be telling him that he should not be doing that. Yeah. And it sucks because, like, if this album sucked and his entire fan base receded like a high tide, you know, like that might be a message about that. But the album's great, so people are gonna forget. Like, yeah. Real quick, before we do talk more about more tracks or whatever else we're gonna get into. How many times have you both listened to it since it came out? Because we're recording this on Thursday after it came out. It came out, what, last Thursday like, night around I, 11 I listened PM, to about it a week? for the first time, like, directly after we yeah. recorded the, the last Me episode. Too. Yeah. Yeah. How many so, times? Like, yeah, like, how many times have you been through it? Do you have, like, an estimation, maybe? Five or six. Okay. I I, and definitely, it's definitely an album I go to, like, subconsciously. Where it's just like I want to listen to a song. Oh, it's when I'm lost forever. Oh, it's when I'm meltdown. Oh, it's when I'm fiend. You yeah, know, it is. It's already at that point. Yeah, it's at that point for me. Um, I will say five, and I'm not gonna lie. It's only that low. It's because I listened to his entire discography between like the fifth and sixth listen. See, I did that beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> just to get it out of the way. Yeah, right. but I did do that intentionally. So like this album, because you need that. You want to have the context of the album when you. Yeah. Go, yeah. 
Exactly. And I was trying my hardest not to compare. I just wanted to enjoy it. I think you got to compare and contrast to a little bit. But I do think, especially an album like this, I think there's a lot to just enjoy in its own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, I definitely feel what you said about it being like a subconscious go-to. Originally, Alfair was one of those for me, just for the ambiance that it has as far as like how dark it feels. And this this has kind of taken that mantle. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's that's why, like, and, you know, right now my top, any top album I have for the year is in shambles. Like, it could be any of five <laughs> albums, right? Like, it could be, like, any... This could be... This Michael and Scaring the Hose have equal chance of being number one at the end of the year for me right now. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Scaring the Hose, like, it was... That was the reason why I really, re- like, completely bought into that because, yeah, it's, like, off-putting, but, like, I just found myself going back to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the thing for other Travis Scott projects except Rodeo, where it was, like, yeah, I like the project when I listen to it, but like, am I going back to it all that often? Astro World, it was like five, six songs, like maybe like four or five songs. It was like Stargazing, uh, Sick of Load, uh, Wake Up, Can't Tro- Say, Can't probably. Say, uh, Stop Butterfly Trying to Be God. Stop Trying, no, not Butterfly Effect. Stop Trying oh. to Be God. Uh, like, were, Stop yeah. Trying to Be God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to warm up on that song. No, I like that song what, immediately. What about Wake Up? I, had, I said wake up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wake up also, another thing, and even on Circus Maximus, which is very good, uh, I think this is easily both of the weekend's worst Travis Scott collapse. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. definitely like, too, already agree. K-pop, <laughs> dude, some of the weekend's bars on K-pop should be like indictable post. The yeah. Idol. Like, just <laughs> in that show, and everyone's like, dude, I can't post the idol. Right Circus Maximus, not indictable at all. Uh, yeah. but still, like, if it was just Circus Maximus, I would still put, uh, Wake Up and Wonderful, and is there another one? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's, um, um, Rodeo, there's, uh, Pray for Love. Pray for Love, yeah. I would oh, yes. put all of those above Circus Maximus, which I do enjoy. You know, Circus Maximus is great. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, well, since we're talking about features, favorite feature. You oh, gotta West give Side me Gun. One. Not even a question. Oh, West Side I kind of figured. Yeah. Jasper. <laughs> Let me look at the list. Fuck. Um, honestly, 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 uh, he's a touchdown. Oh, that's a very good, a good one. Dude, that's he goes so one. fucking hard. That's a good one. That's he a very good one. Song. Yeah. It's I thought poetry. Was, I thought it was two different dudes. Like, I thought it was like. That, yeah, dude, that's no, my song yeah. of the year. No, like. Dude. Modern Jam is a very good song. Like it I is- already know, I already know nothing is gonna eclipse that for me. And the the song that this eclipsed was Infinity Repeating, another Daft Punk song from this yeah. year. So it's like there this is go. it, man. This is like <laughs> no, yeah, Modern Jam. It's is, up there. Modern <laughs> Jam is fantastic. I it, it, that was in the sequence where it took me a while to warm up to it, but Modern Jam was like the first one where I was like, oh no, this one's great. Like mm-hmm. that one has like the, yeah. some of the first Travis Scott quotables. Yeah, like, would rather spend it on you than Uncle Sam. Absolutely, I say that all the time. Watch now. out! <laughs> whenever I'm going uh... to buy Rachel something now, I go like, "Shit, dude, I'd rather spend it on you than Uncle Sam, right?" Like, dude, like, I was laughing so, like, in the Travis theater. Scott has, yeah, I was laughing in the theater at Circus Maximus because when he started dancing before the lyrics came on, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like. So my girl's birthday was this Monday, and we had like a oh happy birthday, here. Katie! Yeah, happy belated yeah. birthday! And um, so I took Friday off with my like summer days, whatever, from Brown Bank to basically clean my house. And I put on 
I, that day I listened to the album through twice. It was on my speakers in the front room, full blast, just anywhere in the house you could hear it. Literally me, <laughs> dancing around, fucking, the song is going, no lyrics, just like bopping and like cleaning. And yeah. I was like, wow, he's just like me for real. Yeah, dude, I, dude, dude. I turned to you in the theater and I was just like, this is me in my living room all last week, just by myself. Yep, 100%, dude. Oh my god. Dude, I, Iconic. Dude, that first Friday, I probably listened to it three times. I, I played through the entire first realm limb grave of Elden Ring, and I just had Utopia. I'm like, back. so I was gonna say you both gave me your numbers for how many times you've listened, but but I never yeah, said mine. Oh, geez, uh, I, oh no, we got a guess, Purvis. I'm going fourteen. Go ahead. I'm going. 14. Wait, you're going what? Fourteen. Fourteen? No, no, no. I don't. I think he did I'm not say shit. With, like, I'm gonna go with nine. Brandon, you're exactly right. <laughs> you did not listen genius. to this album 14 times. <laughs> yes, I did. Twice a, a day. What were you genius. doing? <laughs> Dude. What were you doing? This is like so, one of the seven artists. Like, <laughs> so, Literally. So I listened. <laughs> Purvis, leave me alone. <laughs> I cannot believe I, I did that. It. I'm so Bro, I literally, I told oh, Brandon, I was like, Jasper's not so fucking like transforming. <laughs> <laughs> something just totally different. Just hey, this is a canon event in. for Jasper. Like this is the the end of hyena where the synth comes in and you hear his voiceover. Oh I start floating, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, I listened to it. I listened to it once when the night it came out. I listened to it two more times during the day when I was cleaning the next day when I had the day off, and then I listened to it again that night. I put it on at the party like the next night. And then just like while I've been driving, while I've been commuting, I listened to it when I was, went running today. Bro, like that's insane. It, but th that's the thing. Just for some reason, for me, like his his production style is just like I. It's I mean, so uh, rich that I can just like constantly find new things every time I go back to it, and I still am. Like little yeah. sound effects and things yeah. here and there, little flourishes that I didn't and, notice and, before. And I. I First off, I definitely agree that he has like very rich, dense, intricate, intricate. Isn't it? It's almost like watching. It's like um, you guys ever watch YouTube videos of people building watches? Yeah, I've it's seen like, those. Yeah, it's like that. I've seen those. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I'm on the spectrum, Purvis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's your, there's your quotable for the week. Yeah, like, <laughs> put that in your, your six second content. All I'm gonna say. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't expect. But it. like, it's kind of like that because it's all like so intricately put together. Everything, you know twist and turns at the exact right mm -hmm. moment it's perfect yeah uh, and like i think this Wait. is an especially intricate deep and like i i think like the the benefit of it was when uh is that it feels so f f uh flawless right because like i think World does come th through on that like uh production intricacy that i really yes. like from travis scott like that yeah. is the thing that i think travis i think World has that birds doesn't even though like yeah that's where it shines think, for me. Yeah, even though I don't think, you know, World is... I, I think now it's his third best album. Uh, like, you know, I do think it has that. Uh, and I think this one is even more. And it feels, like, so freeform and flowing. And, like, when you think about it and you revisit it so many times and you dive <coughs> into certain songs... Because there's songs on here I've listened to at way more than 14 times. Fiend? Yeah. A thousand times already. Like... <laughs> We'll make a uh, Playboy Cardi fan out of you yet. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I, I hit 
I hit back again when Travis Scott's verse is over because I like his verse a lot. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, dude, like something we don't talk about enough. And I think Travis Scott has always been good at this, but I think now he's legitimately great. Like maybe top in the game is flow. He is on yes. top of the beat on yes. every song here. Great. He's usually pretty good. Not so much on some, uh, on the last two, in my opinion on this one though, Top tier, like I, I think he is finding weird, uninspected grooves in every beat, bro. And like, even if, and like, I think there are songs where lyricism comes through. I think it comes through on Lost Forever. I think it comes through on Modern Jam. I think it comes through on Schizo, even though that song's too long. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, he's always finding like new ways. So like, even like if the lyricism isn't there, I think there's a lot isn't completely there. I think it is there sometimes, but it isn't completely <coughs> on the project. I feel like his craft is definitely taking a huge step. Mm-hmm. So even one, if you are looking for that, I think this is the Travis Scott album to start with. One thing that's super interesting that you, you mentioned there with him being on top of the flow and finding these like little intricate places to do so. You ever notice how the songs don't really end on a beat? No. Yes. Sorry, a lot, a a lot of them don't. Yes. A, a, a lot a, of them a end of in them between beat. It's really interesting. Out. Yeah, it's it did interesting. Not transition well, and I noticed that my first listen, it kept pissing me off. That's no. interesting because, like, I just think it works. I like, was like, "What is going on?" I like it a lot because it really I never, like. I think so it here's flows the thing. Here's seem, so seamless, and I've never even noticed. Here's the thing about it. Travis versus Kanye for me, right? Kanye's instrumentation, sublime, always perfect, whatever. But there, to a degree, it is predictable in the way that things conclude and resolve. You listen to an artist for long enough, and you get a feel for that when a new project comes out, right? Travis is subverting all of my expectations here in that way. It's like, you think, you think, thank God, is going to end at like a certain point where it fades, and then it comes back for like that half of measure, or whatever it is, and then just like, Oh, modern jam. So it's like instantly on. Mm-hmm. I think it's super interesting. And it like really, at least for the first couple of listens, kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. But then also, yeah, Brandon, to your point, like after, after Escape Plan came out and I saw how fluid he was on that, I was like, yeah, I do agree. Cause I think I was even, like future projects, like they're going to be like this. Like, it's even, crazy. Yeah. I, I, I reluctantly do agree with you. Uh, Cause I do think Utopia is, significantly better than those singles i'll keep it real but i do i did notice that in escape plan mafia and franchise where he was kind of like finding grooves and and even Mm -hmm. if the lyrics were still not what i wanted and even like actively off-putting like uh like he was still finding those grooves and i i really appreciated that and i really enjoyed it cacti is not no ice tea yeah i do like that (laughs) song a lot so I purpose i got i've had it i've had cacti it's tequila it's it if you like tequila it's great like it's a genuinely good seltzer if you want seltzer water and tequila but no one fucking wants <laughs> like like my friend my friend annette who you both know like she likes tequila so she drinks that like yeah that works, i guess yeah what were you gonna ask me uh talk to me about the drake feature Oh, Tell boy. me what you thought about the Drake feature because I gotta keep it real with you. I gotta keep it real with you. We're having an Aubrey minute. This is great. <laughs> this is this is this is he ten finally out of ten. released something great. No, this I'm is playing. a ten out. Of ten. Well, I liked her loss, but yeah, you're right. Her loss was great. I'm just playing. her loss was um, great. You're right. But no, this was this was a 
and I do kind of like, and I do kind of love how many people are saying like, okay, like if Drake Can gives me an album of this, I'm back. Like, because right. I've heard so many <laughs> lapsed Drake fans, which is a lot of people our age who liked him when you were a kid, but now have like outgrown him. We haven't, but like mm-hmm. more intelligent and mature people have. Uh, like, <laughs> we are not those people. No, we did not. We paid $200 to go see the <laughs> I don't. These two do not. These two do not represent me, dear yeah. listeners. Shut up, You're a hater. Shut up. <laughs> Shit don't uh, never stop. Like <laughs> nothing was the same after nothing was the same. What do you want from me? <laughs> All right. Well, I guess this is shit that make the blog hot. Like. Look, one day, Stop Jasper, it. you're going to like a song. <laughs> did you like oh, Meltdown? I do. Tell me. Did I you like, like early Meltdown? Drake songs. Did you like no, Meltdown? No, I mean, new songs. <laughs> oh, new songs. I mean, yeah. I know you like old Drake. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Fair. Yeah, no, Maybe. you don't like we'll old see. Drake. You're no, well, fucking... hey, to be fair, I like God's Plan. I like that song. I like I watching the that, music video in reverse I think where it looks like he's taking money from poor people. Yes. <laughs> I think that the album it came out on was a fucking train wreck, but I like that song. Hold up now. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to sit here and defend Scorpion, even though I have in the past. Like, How many tracks? It was it 22 tracks? Dude, it's, it, it's dude no, there's, look, there is a incredible 12-song track. There's an incredible 12-song album in that. In that sure. Uh, in, yeah, in, the, in the pile. Yeah, in the pile. <laughs> I would say the same thing about the pink tape. <laughs> Yeah. I would not disagree with you about the Pink Tape. Yeah. Yeah. I would say maybe I would say maybe a six, seven song album out of the Pink Tape, but I would not be mad at you. Like, Look, I'm just glad we had our Drake episode before Jazz was on the podcast. There will be more Drake episodes, ladies and gentlemen. There will be more Drake episodes. I literally, it, it's funny before we gotta, get, up, we gotta get them in before the allegations start. Like, <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown has entered the chat. Oh no, that's years ago. We gotta, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just, just there's so much stuff, it. There's so much stuff people dating. don't know yet. <laughs> Let me have my dated memes. Oh, I know, I know. Um, Brandon, when you went to go get a drink, I literally told Jasper, I was like, well. Just wait off for all your hate. If you didn't like Meltdown, just hold off. You're going to hate a whole album in a week. <laughs> I got to say, I don't dislike Meltdown, but I disagree with some of the ideas he puts forward in the verse. Like I want to talk about it. Okay. Um, I, I think it's really weird for a featured artist to have a verse that kind of directly goes against something creative that the main album artist has done. Namely, having Pharrell in your music video for your lead single, and then immediately turning around and having a diss against him in a feature on the same album. And it's not subtle. Like, it's the name of the song. No, it's not subtle. It's weird. And then then also, to a lesser degree, but also just kind of like, I don't know, kind of a dig. The whole line where it's like, since V passed, you know, no one's wearing that Louis shit or whatever, however the line actually goes. And Travis is wearing LV in, like, circus maximus and it's like i don't get it i don't know i don't understand and that that doesn't matter as much obviously as like the pharrell one but it's just like it's this weird inconsistency of like not being on the same page as the artist whose album you're featuring on i guess and i just i don't i don't love it like it's a good verse it's a good verse but yeah go ahead and like don't get me wrong i i don't think you're wrong at all but i think there is one specific detail in the verse that like might affect your opinion Mm mm-hmm but he wasn't saying like no one's wearing Louis V. He was specifically attacking those that did support him, like Pharrell and Pusha T. They're saying he they aren't wearing it specifically. 
I thought he was saying that since V passed because Pharrell's the new creative director, no one's wearing it. I see, Jose. Okay. Is that not what he said? Is that... No, he's is taking, that not he, it? He's taking shots at Pusha T and push yeah. and Pharrell for they, not wearing LV specifically about them. Yeah, Which I, might I need to, a little bit. Even though I know you still like want to defend them, but I do understand what you mean. And but I understand why. I, I, I need to reread. The, I need to reread this. Because, I have a, I have, a question. have you guys heard the theory yeah. about like the uh, the first line where he's the America bars and they're supposed? Yeah, you scared of the six? Yeah, you scared of the six? Starts whispering. <laughs> Who do we think that's about? I don't know actually. Really right, because like I've heard theories, and I just think they're insane that it's childish Gambino, because like the line is like, "Oh, you say you love this America shit." Oh it's yeah, like no. this is America was not about loving America like at all. Yeah, and also yeah, the I six think, is a Canadian. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean the the bars make sense, but it doesn't make sense in the concept of like it being a. Ch- and I think people wanted to go there because of what's going I was on with the say, tour. Are reaching. Yep. Which is okay. I, I think it's a it's a logical reach, you know. Like it yeah. makes sense why they're going in that direction, but it's a reach and it doesn't make sense. That's uh, what I'm saying. Reach is a reach, which yeah. is okay. People do. Uh, the other thing I've heard is that it could be Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Uh, because he just put out that single with Beyonce. That America has a problem. I just feel like that's a reach too, but yeah. I, I understand it. I understand. Uh, the the theory <laughs> I have. And it makes a little mm-hmm. bit more sense because of whose project he's on. Okay. I think it could be ASAP Rocky. That? I can like when he says you say that love of the America shit, he's yeah. talking about when Donald Trump got him out of Swedish prison. Like, and he you know, has like, and all his videos. The, the yeah. album cover doesn't and like, help. I, yeah, and the album cover doesn't help. That yeah, was like, uh, yeah, I, I think it could be, I think it could be ASAP Rocky. You I know? believe that. Which, like, look, listen, I. Yeah, no, that, he's gonna come through. And like, look, let's keep it real. Like, ASAP Rocky, I'll listen to a Drake and a Travis project before I listen to an ASAP Rocky project. But if mm-hmm. we're talking bars for bars, no, not gonna. Ha- they're gonna lose. I'm sorry. Like, true, it's true. Also, Jasper, I did look it up. It said since V not around, the members done hung up the Louis. So I think he is specifically attacking those that were like a member of the. So yeah, I have I have the genius thing here, and it says. Drake sends shots towards Pharrell, who's the newly appointed men's creative director for Louis Vuitton, replacing Virgil. Thus, why Drake states the fashion company isn't as popular. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's literally saying, like, since Virgil's passed, no one, like, members, no people are not wearing LV because it's you and not Virgil. Like, yeah. So, I think it, that kind of holds true. Yeah. It's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. It is like, you know, Pharrell and Kanye are like, and Pusha T are all part of tra- Travis's camp. But, yeah. like, he went on sicko mode and talked about pulling up. The yeah. House. So like, yeah. I, yeah. and also like Travis and Drake also have their own history. I think it's very similar to like being someone with friends who don't like the other friends. And it's like, yep. it's just yeah. being an adult, you know? And you know that what? Meltdown slaps. I'm gonna say it, it. It's a good, it's a good song. Yeah. yeah. And the transition from Sirens to Meltdown. I like Sirens a lot. Sirens brought me back in. Sirens, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, Sirens, I thought. It sounds like high art from Jupiter or some shit. Like, it's so good. <laughs> I love the instrumentation on Sirens. I love the lyrics. But that stupid fucking squeaky toy noise sounds like my mom's that. dog sending a toy to heaven. Like, it, I, it, I get that. That makes sense. It, that annoys the hell out of me. I, I listened to this album twice as many times as both of you did and believe me that's that song that sound gets old 
swear. Oh, but like, it's a good song. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the meme. There's a character that actually. Oh, it's um, the person from Madagascar, King Mort. Julius assistant. There it is. Mort. He's the he's the voice on God's Country. <laughs> yeah. <voice>. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you all watch the God's Country video? No, I did not. I have not. Actually, I have not. I've meant to, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it reminds me a lot of the opener to to uh, Sickle Mode, actually. Yeah. I mean, I like I liked God's Country, but it is like on the lower tier of the album for me. I agree personally. Question for you guys: What was the most surprising feature you saw in here? Like, what was the one that was like, "What"? To me, it was Beyonce. I think I getting, the obvious Beyonce answer. is wild. Yeah, yeah, getting Beyonce on a project is nuts. I mean, to be fair, like. I didn't necessarily think SZA was a surprise, but I think the extent to which SZA delivered is Jesus. insane. I, that feature hits. I remember, <laughs> I, dude, my favorite thing was I played the album for Rachel, and when that song happens, like two and a half minutes in, and that's another, I think this song might be a little too long, uh, but less so has grown on me. Uh, she, just the future and Travis part, she looks at me and she's like, this is beautiful. It's, I, yeah, I'm like, you have just wait. No, you have no, yep. no idea. Just and then, wait. like, I saw her face. She was playing her Switch on my couch, and we were like, we were both playing video games and just listening to Utopia. And like, she That's just went, like, what as like SZA started, she just was, like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it like, comes in like so strong. She gives it's a crazy. showstopper, dude. She, yeah. I think like if we're trying to be like, what is has which feature has the biggest impact on the album listening experience? It is absolutely SZA. Even is though I, I when I heard dude when I heard that first AO, I threw my phone. I threw my phone. <laughs> I was wearing this little hat. I threw that off. I was like, what? I don't know at, because you were ahead of me at one point, and I, at one point and he was I like, oh, I, because I, I was like, I'm not stopping for anything. Yeah, <laughs> and then I came across the song, and I just sectioned. I was like, just wait. My favorite <laughs> thing, my favorite thing, will always be like texting at 11:04, like this shit ass. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, I had a Discord of like blocked. And I literally was typed out like album of the year. And I was going to sit at 11. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to troll. Yeah, like, this it's already ass, a classic, bro. This shit ass. Like, Dude, uh, but one... yeah, when I heard, and also I do, I, can I talk about Lost Forever for a second? Because I really, yeah. that is probably my favorite track on the album. And I think the thing I like about it is that it includes the alchemist. Who we all know is like the patron saint producer of like that Griselda mm-hmm. line. And. I love how they did the switch where it was like the beginning. At least it sounds like I don't know for sure, but that first beat sounds like the alchemist. It sounds exactly like an alchemist beat. You have Mm -hmm. Travis rapping over it and he's like, he's delivering. Travis does not. It does not seem like an alchemist beat would play to his strengths, but he delivers. He did it. And then they do the beat switch on the (laughs) AO. Dude, the AO is the beat switch. And then they go p- complete into like Travis Scott classic kind of production, and I think it hits. Like it's exactly how I would have wanted that song to play out. Like, give me Travis doing the Griselda thing, and then give me <laughs> Westside Gun doing the Travis thing, and just ride that into the sunset. It was a I perfect. Just wish you that might be, <laughs> dude. That might be my f- song of the year. Like I'm keeping it real. That is in the. That is in the running for song of the year. 
and yeah, it's fantastic. I, I it's Sorry. so. I was just gonna say I like this song a lot. This is still not my favorite West Side Gun feature, though. I said the exact same thing to Brandon. It's a great feature. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if it's his best feature, but like this guy's one of my favorite rappers right now. So one hundred percent of my favorite. Yeah. Like, Thomas, I, who's your? What's your favorite West Side Gun feature? Like feature specifically, I, I have to do some research. I, I, I wouldn't be able to give you an answer. The thing is, I and I did text Brandon about this. Don't get me wrong, the feature's great. He, he did phenomenal for what he was intended to do. It hits. Yeah. It's great in the album. I heard the original version as well. Personally, like it a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it's still good regardless. It, everything's great. But I also know I've heard, like in my freaking ten thousand song Griselda playlist. I've heard some West Side Gun songs where, like, I've had to pause it, literally rewind it, look up the lyrics, and go, "Damn, yeah, yep. no, he's, <laughs> no, yeah, no, he's he's a he's a mastermind, right?" So, yeah. like, but I don't know. It's just like I think West Side Gun is just a artist who I love a lot, and like, on one end, I think like just given like the ethereal nature of like their interest, I knew this was an inevitable connection, but at mm. the same time, like, I don't think. West Side Gun fits upon what I thought the Travis Scott sound was a week ago. And then, but I think like it came together really well. I think it's probably my favorite feature on the album. Like, I think like, and I do think it's the best of from in a hip hop realm, like of all the other rappers on this, which like, once again, this is a hip hop album. Like, I think like he is easily the best rap feature. My favorite feature in general has got to be Frank Ocean on my eyes because you can't tell me that Chuck Martin voice isn't Frank Ocean. God damn it. Like, there's no way my eyes. I like when people say he was on carousel, he was on carousel. Like it's, it's canon at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He's not credited on the song. Sam was credited on the song. I know. I know that sounds really, really good. And I get like why people say like, this is the, what is it? The, uh, the Frank Ocean methadone, where it's just like, you know, you don't have yeah. Frank Ocean, so this helps you get down. Uh, Give me an album of this, and I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would love it. You know, My Eyes is probably not one of my favorite songs on this album. Like, if I had to rank them, it's probably towards the bottom. But, like, I would totally fuck with an eight-song Travis project that is all this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no bad... And that's the thing, right? It's kind of hard to talk about your favorites and everything when there's no bad songs on the album. Because, like... Yeah, there is a pretty wide gulf between my eyes and lost forever for me. But that's not to say that my eyes is by any not a good song. Not even a song I think is like creatively interesting because I do. You know, I think like I think that is a huge push on Travis's sound. Yeah. While we're on the subject of features, I got to ask something I kind of mentioned yesterday when we were walking out of Circus Maximus. Mm -hmm. Why no Don Tolliver? I don't Man, know. Man, I about that too. I don't know. Like Sheck West is on is on the original version uh, of the ex, yeah the extra verse in Fiend, but like, where's the boy? Do I do you think it's possible just like what, all the Don Tolliver songs just didn't work in the album and they're just like on the cutting room floor? I don't know. I feel like there's a couple of features on here that Don Tolliver could have covered, like or could have done a great service on, as far as like just what exists. Yeah. I think you're fine on my eyes, but like Samfa is just so much stronger. Yeah, I think. Huh? I know. I I, I know is one of my favorite songs on the album. I think. Oh uh, yeah, 
I give you that. I totally give you. I know. Yeah. I I could have seen him replacing the weekend on Circus Maximus. That's true. Mm, I don't know about that. I think the weekend because the strong. the weekend's just much a much stronger singer. In it my is a stronger. Yeah. And like That's not true. even not even like remove the whole like star quality aspect to it because like not only is the weekend like a stronger singer, but he's like a much more marketable, popular name. But Definitely, think, like you know. Fans. But like I, I get it. Like there wasn't a whole lot of the Jack Boys. Is that what it's called? I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, like, just like anybody off the record, like, like or off the label at all. Um, yeah. And and I guess the weekend is already on K-pop, so I figured it was like, hey, well, you might yeah, as well no, and sprinkle I, in. You know. I would much rather have Don Tolliver on K-pop because the weekend. Yeah, that would hit actually. Yeah, like because one, I just, <laughs> yeah, weekend's feature wasn't good on K-pop. Bad Bunnies was not bad, but I just think you know. I really, yeah, and I think like on one end, I I kind of want to say that the quality of this album really bears out when you look at K-pop, because yeah. like this is the album bottoming out. Yeah, that's the worst song. You did a good yeah. job. Yeah, which brings us to the rollout because it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So first <laughs> off, like I'm a strong believer, and I kind of want to get you two on the record. I don't think the rollout's gonna fucking matter in two months. No, because no, like no. I think, I think if this was a trash fire, maybe the narrative of the rollout might stick around for a little bit longer. But it's not. This is a incredible album of the year quality album. I don't think it's a good rollout, but I ultimately don't think it matters because I think the quality of the album will carry it much farther than any rollout ever will. Uh, yeah. But that being said, I think this is probably one of the biggest trash fires of a rollout I've I've seen in a long time. Which is shocking for him, to be honest. It's, it's very yeah. good. And uh, the thing is that it's like head to nuts because like the K-pop music video isn't bad, but it's also not great. The you know less said the, about Circus Maximus, the better. What's K-pop, funny about the K-pop video, those are all visuals that would have totally worked in a much higher energy video for Topia Twins. Why was that not one of them? Sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It might be coming still. And, you know, you have the pyramids thing, which I think was cool. I think, like, the idea of, like, this grand epic album, like, you know, at the Pyramids of Giza, referencing Circus Maximus, even though it wasn't shot at Circus Maximus. Circus Minimus. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was shot in, like, some Irish fields, which, like, that would have been a cool name. Like, not Irish fields, but whatever the names (laughs) of it are. They were I actually looked into it. They were shot in like these like low like these relatively smaller coliseums in Northern Ireland, Ireland, which I think is cool in its own right. Like it's certainly a cool permit to get if you have, you know, a million dollars. Yeah. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. Uh, But I love the idea of like tying this to like great, like jaw dropping human achievements. Right. Because like it is a very maximalist grand thing and i think that's kind of like the tension in its relationship with yeezus because yeah. like the sonic relationship between this and yeezus is very obvious and on the nose yeah not it's i don't hate it but it's there yeah what i mentioned yesterday was that it's got musical ties to his early projects so alpha and rodeo like that era of, of like the heavier darker stuff but then musically it's clearly drawing from production notes on Yeezus, and then in terms of, like, the theatricality of it, it's, like, his Donda moment. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a lot like Donda. It feels like a secular Donda. Yeah. It also, uh... 
Yeah, I think the thing with the tension with Yeezus is that it sounds a lot like Yeezus, but I think at its core, the album for like what it is, it's like almost the opposite. Yeah, because like it's a very it's a very large grand scale maximalist album, and Yeezus is not <clears throat> that. Yeezus has like what like three features. Uh, it's I think it's a little bit more than that, but it's um. It's yeah, a shorter it's, it, album. It's like a lot more minimal. Like even like the Sonics that it borrows yeah. from Jesus. Like there's just so much more of them, and like the, that's not a problem. But it's just like sounds like Jesus plays like sound, Dark Fantasy. I agree. Yeah, that's how I was at. You know, it's just is so funny because like I feel like this is one of those out because of the quality. It might actually bring in more fans or like bring more attention to Travis Scott and. You don't know her, but Jasper, it's funny because like I was talking to Jenna about it, and Jenna was like, Man, this kind of sounds like Jesus. And I was like, Well, yeah, there's a lot of influence yeah. playing in. Like, Did you know? Yeah, like, literally, it was, <laughs> it was one of those moments. Was like, I don't want to main like man's, but like, you know, Travis produced that, like, part of like had a big influence on Jesus. And she was just like, Wait, Travis has helped like Kanye produce stuff, and I'm like. That's like, like how he got his. Right. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna have a very long conversation. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, it was like okay, this is nice. It's yeah. awesome. I, I had the exact same conversation with my roommate. He's like, it sounds a lot like Jesus. I'm like, Modern Jam is literally a Jesus beat. Like he. I was supposed to say, did yeah. you know? <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. like uh, yeah, and like look, if if he had nothing to do with Jesus, I would say like the Sonic level comparisons would be almost a turnoff. But knowing that like he created those sounds in the first place. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me on this. Those even carry through like 2013 being like a really pivotal year for him. Those even carry through onto like Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Yeah, he has um, what's that song? Uh, Crown, where yeah. where he's the he's the chorus feature, and that's got like that very like digital kind of crushed feeling to it. But also, can you imagine if Gasafelstein, who produced a lot for you know, uses as well, produced on this, and, like, how much yeah. further it would have gone in that, that direction would be insane. So, I think we've come out on the other side just saying that we all think Utopia is great. You know, yes. maybe not flawless, but great. Uh, where does he go from here? Because I will say this, I think the ultimate benefit, <laughs> I think the biggest benefit of Utopia for me is that, like, my ideas of what Travis Scott could be were very narrow coming out of Astro World. You know, that's why I thought it was a make or break moment because it's like, are you going to do the same shit again and like maybe better? You know, are you going to try and do the one trick pony thing like push a T, but it seems like you might not have what it takes? Uh, or are you going to evolve? And he evolved. He he very clearly chose that, chose that second path. And now it's like, I see him going in a lot of different directions. I don't think like, you know, I think like he was at like a nexus point where it was like one or the other after Astro World. I don't think he's in that case anymore. I think it's very open. So mm-hmm. where do you guys think he might go? Do you think we have another five years to wait? Do you think like, do you have something he want, you want him to do? Because I I'm am. just kind of like, I'm at the point where it's like, cool. I am now interested in Travis Scott for two more albums. Because mm-hmm. it's like, this, this was my bank or break moment. I liked Astro World enough, but it was like, if this is not better than Astro World, I'm checking out. Now I'm just not checking out. I'm like, no, I'm I'm still on the Travis Scott train, probably more than ever, because I really like this album. But I don't think I'm bought into him as much to like say like, oh, like where do I think he's gonna go next? 
So I think like just to, like wrap up this discussion and then to get to our grades and then our recs. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't you two take the the lead and say like where you want him to go? Like what's a what's a follow up to Utopia look like to you two? I mean, I will say at least I, I'll go first. For me, I am completely patient. I am willing to like wait for him to actually discover his own sound. No. I think the five year wait between the items or between the albums was actually very crucial to his development no. because it gave him time to explore different sounds. I think if he goes the route of a future or of a Drake trying to produce something every year or every two years, he won't be able to, he won't even have a story to tell. (laughs) There won't be anything to tell. And I think what he benefits from is creating this atmosphere off of his production. You you have to find a new atmosphere eventually or at least expand on it or go a different route. I'm willing to wait for it. So as one of the hardcore fans who's probably going to like it regardless, <laughs> I would rather him wait to produce his own sound yeah. and have it be something great for everyone to listen to and everyone to like enjoy. Because I remember, I don't know if it was two, three weeks ago or something like that, you all were discussing it. I was kind of just sidelining. But Jasper was saying like, the impact of actually having like multiple people discuss something and having it be like a community effect it's so much greater when like you can talk about it and you can share it with other people. And I, I don't even remember what the conversation was about. But- oh, it was, that was um, in the context of like, if Donald Glover puts out like a super critically acclaimed album, but it, it is not well received publicly right. because yeah, there, there, there's like a weird balancing act in terms of community and culture and like accepting something, even that if it's critically good to be able to be enjoyed by, you know, the masses. Whereas I, I just think, <laughs> whereas I just think the answer's in here. It just comes down to what you think, what passes yeah. your critical snippet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, and so that, and like I don't cool. give a shit. Like, and once again, like if this album, like if this album bombed, like let's say like this came out and people rejected it because it is like a relative shakeup. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I do think this, and I think this is the strength of the album. I do think it kind of plays in the pocket that, like, in a way, you know, we always talk about how it's pushing and expanding Travis's sound. Which I think it's true, but it does. It is kind of like an enjoyable. Like it doesn't seem too out there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, if this was a failure, it would not change my opinion that it's his best album. That's that's what I would get down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just I like the idea that everyone can join in, everyone can talk about it, even if you have criticisms. I welcome it. I like to talk about the flaws because no. I see some flaws in the album. No. So I'm willing to give him time. That that's the only thing for me going forward. I want him to take his time. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, all I, that's all I would say. I think that's fair. And another thing is that I think the Travis Scott sound, it's 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 very easy to do poorly. Yes. You know? And it's very easy to do it in a way that's grating and annoying. I think if you look at some of his like feature verses and feature productions like pre-Astro World, Chopsticks by Schoolboy Q is always the best example to me, where she's <laughs> like, this is just a very annoying. Uh, like... But I I do think like he takes his time to like actually find like a way to do it interestingly, and mm. yeah no I'm totally and like you know the the Utopia is gonna last me a good while I'll be listening to this on and off yeah. for at least a year and uh, so I, I'm definitely down for him taking his time I want to see this live you know just because I like it so much 
I'm buying tickets. Yeah, dude, we'll, we'll, it's not a question. When it's announced, we'll, we'll be there. Don't even worry. We need to. We need to do the full, the full circuit. We need yeah. to do the like lower level, whatever. Yeah, we'll 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 do whatever we need to do to be at Travis Scott. Yeah. But it's yeah, awesome. I, I I just think like you know I think he's in a more interesting place than he was after Astro World, where it's like, you know I I think like the kind of the choice is his, you know. Uh, something I told the I told Jasper like while we were on the train, like there's a whole suite of artists who I would be like, yeah, I don't see how they would ever work on a Travis Scott beat. And yep. now I, I'm second guessing that, you know, <laughs> I always, yeah. like, I always said like, you know, you know, would fucking run the jewels sound good on Travis Scott. Probably not. But after listening now to Utopia, <laughs> could you imagine killer Mike getting down on modern jam? Dude, that shit would go hard. That shit would go hard. Now you but, want it. <laughs> <laughs> no purpose. I want you to tell me it would go hard. Like <laughs> Tyler on modern jam. Yeah. Tyler on modern jam. I want it. Yeah. Or like, yeah. So I, I definitely think like, this has opened up the world to him, like creatively, mm. at least for me, at least as far as like what I'm interested in. And yeah, you know, and I think this is, I think this is an unmitigated success. You know, I think my one criticism of Utopia, some of the songs specifically schizo and telekinesis a little long in the tooth. I mm. think the album is sequenced really great, but I think there are just some songs that run a little long. That's all. That's as far as my critiques go. That's right. Jasper, what do you want to see next then? What's next? Yeah, I mean, musically, I guess, I think a departure from the more traditional trap sound has really helped him here. Like, this album kind of flirts back and forth, right? It's like you've got tracks that are totally stand out on both sides, where it's like Modern Jam is a huge hit, masterpiece, whatever, that doesn't need any of that to stand on its own. And then you've got stuff that kind of leans a little more into the trap sound and is still, you know, really good for it. I think that for him to be able to continue making thing or continue to be able to make his production interesting, he needs to explore sounds that don't come from the genre that he helped define. Because it... He, we were talking about this the other day, too. I think that Rodeo, like, Rodeo is a great example of this, is an album that suffers from what I call the Metro Boomin effect, which we talked about before, where it's like, Metro Boomin is such a pivotal and significant figure in the development of, like, the modern trap sound in terms of production that a lot of times when I hear things that he's worked on, they come off to me as generic because, like, this is the, like, the standardized that sound Oversaturation. Now. Yeah, and I think Travis is in the same lane when it comes to trap. So him getting out of that and just going into other genres, whether it be more industrial, whether it be more um, in the way of like even for set, not that this is that, but world music, like the instrumentation on Hyena, and just like using and pulling different elements to, for like newer, more interesting production. That's like more layered. Yeah. Um, I think all that would be great. As for like yeah. time frame. I also trust that, you know, he can put it out two years from now, five years from now, whatever. It's going to be whatever his timeline is. It's going to reflect, you know, hopefully a level of quality like this. That being said, I wouldn't be mad if he settled into a kind of a, a time frame because you look at how all over the place his releases are, like one a year for five years and then nothing. <laughs> it's like... I don't, I don't know. I mean, two, every one every two or three years, I wouldn't be mad at. But 
Yeah. As long as he's got enough in the tank to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the question just comes like, would you be okay with that if it meant the drop in quality? I don't think so. Because his albums last me a long time. I will still routinely listen to all three of them all the way through, just like yeah. back to back. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. Should all right. Do great? So, yeah, let's do great. This is going to be boring, but I'm going to give it an A+. And I give it an A+, because it's Travis Scott, because like it exceeded my expectations so much. Right? Mm-hmm. Like this... This would probably be an A album by anyone else, but because like I don't know, like I had my doubts about Travis Scott's ability to deliver something like this. Yeah, I feel that plus is additional. So this is this might be the first A plus I've given that wasn't lost to time. Valid. I don't even think I gave Michael an A plus. You gave it an A, didn't you? I think I gave it an A minus because I didn't like the Dave Chappelle thing, and I'm much more. Hmm. I don't think. Trying to think. No, I don't think so. I gave Scaring the Hose an A minus. First, what do you got? The thing is, I was saving A pluses for like instant classics, but I also think that's unfair. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the term instant classic is just kind of an oxymoron. At yeah, this point, I think like you know? I think that's that def- I think there are examples of albums that drop and like within moment, like within moments, it's like yeah, you, you know? know, but like that those are not. Those aren't one percent of albums. Those are one percent of classics. You know, yeah. Blonde to Pippa Butterfly, right. After the best. Hours. Those are the best of the best. So that's you know, the thing. like it's it, once again, it's not even like a one percent of albums. It's one percent of classics, right? So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. Well, what I would say because I was going to be hesitant because of that, I'm just going to create like an S tier for those extremely <laughs> rare moments. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> It won't. There probably won't be an S tier album for like the next couple of years. Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, there hasn't. Yeah, you're right. There has not been an album that has dropped that has been like, holy shit! Like, yeah, exactly. You it's know, been like a- even the Forever Story, which I think is probably the most universally beloved album, even yeah. post Utopia, that's dropped in the duration of this podcast life. Wow, we've been around for a while. Uh, like, yeah. I think yeah, it's there hasn't been that crater effect yet. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll give it an A plus. Yeah, I'm giving it an A plus. Jasper, go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna split the diff. I'm gonna go right in the middle with an A. Okay. Okay. Well, why the... not? Why not the plus? Is it just because like this is what you expect from Travis, and you expect this level of greatness? I expect this level of production. I didn't expect so. So in that in that regard, yeah, like this meets my expectations for him in terms of like yeah, because polish and. For me. Yeah, po- well, polish and depth. That's the thing is, like, for me, given that I am much more predisposed, I guess, in my taste to like the sounds of Butterfly Effect, or the Butterfly Effect, of fucking all of Astroworld, it's like, for me, this feels like a continuation of that, but then it's being supplemented. So I expected nothing less than what I already appreciated from Astroworld, in, in that sense. And just yeah. because I hold that album in, like, a higher esteem. Um... But as far as what what holds it back from a plus, I would say I think some of the decisions in terms of where, like like we talked about with the Cuddy feature and some things feeling a little bit rushed or other things feeling a little bit too spaced or too yeah. um, floaty, I think is kind of a bit of a problem. Um, and then on. certain aesthetic decisions, like, again, the sound effects on Sirens, which I think is a great track, but 
that just annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> just like little. No, that's valid though, because like, sometimes like there are tracks where it's like everything else is just like absolutely fine, but there's just one thing that fucking annoys you, right? Yeah. So I I don't have that per- problem personally with sirens, but I. Maybe at fourteen listens, I'll come across that. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. It's like as it speeds up. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, and then nothing about it would make me really rate it lower just because I think that this, like like what you said about instant classics, I genuinely feel that way specifically about Modern Jam. Like, this song, the second I heard it, I was like, this is the kind of song that like comes out and it doesn't really fit any particular time in terms of like, oh, it's a product of this era. And it's like, this feels like one of those timeless songs in the same way that you know, a lot of Daft Punk does to me. And even going back further, you know, you've got certain hits that just transcend the decade they come out in or the, the genre they come out in. And people know them. And I think this has the potential to be a song like that. So, flashes of greatness. Yeah. The, the only thing I think about with Modern Jam that I could relate it to, that I get small vibes from the movie, I was thinking about After Hours and like the weekend yeah. and just that aspect of being in the club completely messed up, but like you're low key depressed. Yeah. <laughs> that was the vibes of that kind of guy, but that's about it. So yeah. you're right. Modern Jam is pretty standout, but yeah, Modern Jam is a standout. Yeah, for sure. That, All right. Should, should we do Rex? Yeah. Who wants to go first? Mine's a transition uh, from Utopia, so I can go. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to recommend at least a song by an artist I wish was on Utopia. Okay. Uh, and then I found out the two artists I think I would have really liked to have seen on here did a song together. And then I listened to it, and then I listened to it a lot. So I'm recommending The Juice by Tobey Nagiwe and Paul Wall. Wow. Yeah. And don't give me shit. Paul Wall was on Owl Pharaoh. Like, <laughs> I'll give it to you. No, yeah. no. Artists. Could you imagine Fiend, third track, post-Playboy Cardi, third verse? You just hear, it's Pawa, babe. Oh, my God. That would have topped West Side Gun for me. All right, come on. <laughs> okay. But. So, yeah. Juice by Toby Nikiwe and Paul Wall. I'm, like, literally trying to find the name. Okay, Jasper. So, I feel it's impolite to, you know, leave this off without mentioning what my favorite West Side Gun feature is, considering I asked you both. Oh, Oh, by the way, mine was a John Woo flick off Conway and the Machines. uh, God, don't make mistakes. There you go. Yeah. Um, Mine's going to be Keep My Spirit Alive, which I know recommending Kanye is... Yeah, it's kind of gauche, but we'll give you to it. Yeah. yeah. But the way he just says, did 200 in the demon, it's like... Every time. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I'll allow it. That's okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. Um, my first one, and I'm literally doing this because I just realized Brandon didn't know what Spillage Village was. Um, I did not know. I still don't know what Spillage Village is. Spillage Village is a collaboration between like basically everyone in Dreamville before they were in Dreamville. It okay. is Earth King, Jid, um, and several features that come up a lot. Okay. You would love it. Um, it is a separate group by itself. It has maybe three or four albums out, and I am shocked I didn't force the last album, <laughs> like, you to listen to it. Um, but I'm going to be 
recommending the song Mom, M-O-M, by Spillage Village. If you do not know what this is, extremely highly recommend that you go listen to it, especially if you like Dreamville and yeah. all the artists in it. Okay. Oh, you want first one? Oh, yeah. That's what I, okay, so it's on to me for my second one. Okay. So, um, obviously, this album, because it's so good, it made me reflect on the all the albums I've loved this year. Whenever I do that, I go to Scaring the Hose, and I thought I'd recommend uh, an experimental hip-hop track. And I think what's interesting about this is I think the artist is significantly weirder than JPEG Mafia or Danny Brown ever were. Ever were. Ever. Uh, but this song specifically is probably way more approachable than anything on Scaring the Hose. It's a lot smoother. It, it, you might even recognize it. I know I reckon, I know like I had heard it before, like I knew what it was. I'm recommending Serious Shit by Little Ugly Mang. What is this? Serious Shit No Playing Hope. Serious Shit No Playing Hope. Dude, this shit has some of the best bars of all time. Because I'm more connected it I'm more connected than the alphabet is in cursive, bitch. Like <laughs> Okay, that's a bar. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is a bar. Okay. <laughs> right, down. Like you gotta listen. You should listen to this song in three minutes. Like it's <laughs> it's incredible, and it's like it's a very approachable. It is absolutely like a I don't know about radio play, but like maybe like right under radio play. Like it's not a weird ass song, even though it's a very weird artist. Maybe not even totally a hip hop artist, even though this is definitely a hip hop song. I was going to say, I don't know who this person is. Dude, listen to serious shit immediately. You would, you're going to love it. Post haste. Bullets, bullets fly through the air. No, no, oh, no. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm about to see. Yeah. All right. Jasper. So the only other thing I really listened to this week, aside from just like yeah, my shuffle list. Yeah, you Utopia 38 times. Correct. You say <laughs> Kid Cudi, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, no, you're not no. allowed to recommend Kid Cudi or Frank Ocean. Or no, no. Tyler. I don't think I've ever recommended Frank on here, but um, yeah. the only the only other artist who I actually listened to this week, I was feeling nostalgic, and I went back to one of my old kind of standbys, which is Tupac. Mm. So uh, it's going to be Picture Me Rolling, which is one of my uh, favorite that's songs. That's a good one. Has. That's a good one. I think just looking at it in general, Tupac, I think, is one of the most overlooked artists when it comes to just super smooth production all around and like everything People that always he talk about the lyrics of tupac they always talk about the tupac of it all and not like the whole thing yeah and it's just like there's so much there like you you listen to this track with some good headphones everything is just like perfect it's fully like the sequencing is exact all the volumes are perfect among all the different instruments because this is an actual track it's being played right so it's like i don't know it's just it's a super standout song for me excellent I will never be upset at Tupac. Yeah, but no. don't one of those people that's just like Tupac's underrated. No, Tupac is Tupac. He's great yeah. in every aspect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. How do you want it? Know this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he is over or underrated. Like he is simply rated. Yeah, I will. Never he's forget. like he's real good. He's real. He's right. He's right where he should be. Like <laughs> Brendan, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go to the small tangent. I'll never forget when Drew said Little Wayne was overrated, and I was like, No, I'm he said Little Wayne was underrated. <laughs> Oh, I mean, underrated. Sorry, sorry, not overrated. Underrated. And I was like, I'm going to crash my car. Drew. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude <laughs> interesting. Lil Wayne is. Shut up. <laughs> who doesn't know who this person is? Yeah. All um, right, Purvis. End of the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll close it off. Um, I found this song on TikTok. Surprise, surprise. It is 
such an old song. It's not even on streaming platforms. I had to find it on SoundCloud. Um, Raphael Ravenscoff is the artist. Um, a song called Whole Lot of Something Going On. It is such a smooth track. I highly recommend it. If you want to go back to like the 70s or wherever old oh, this song is. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to be listening to that. Send, send, send a link to the SoundCloud. I got you. Very good. Very good. All right. We'll All right, guys. This episode's probably out a little bit later, but uh, this was our Utopia review. We all loved it. Yes. Big Goodbye. surprise. <laughs>